Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight, your destination for African business made simple. My name is Mbiliwa Gavaza, and for today, we're getting into a conversation, um, you know, around uh, the recently held national budget uh, for 2024. Uh, Minister Enoch Gondongwana took the stage uh, on Wednesday. Uh, that was the 21st of February. You're probably hearing this on the 23rd, and, um, you know, we say he was talking quite a bit um, there are many things that came out but um, instead of uh, you know just uh, getting the normal reaction for today we're going to be talking to a business that actually operates um, you know in South Africa about um, you know some of the things that they uh, took from that so to make sense of it all we are joined by uh, Mr. Aluwane Museisi um, who is uh, the country chair of uh, Shell uh, downstream South Africa. Greetings to you, Mr. Alwan. How are you? I'm I'm all right. How are you? Now, alive, good, well, and thriving on uh, on this day. A lot of things going on in the economy. Very busy. Um, I think just before we we so we started talking, I mentioned the fact that. Uh, um, you know, it's almost a year to the day that I that I spoke to your predecessor, Mr. Thloni uh, Pizwe Tolo. Um, and, and I say uh, a year to the day because you and I are speaking on the 22nd of February and I spoke to him on the 24th um, of February last year. So literally a year. Well, what a coincidence and uh, good to, to, to join you a year later. <laughs> no, definitely. Okay, cool. So before we begin, right, uh, most of us know Shell from a, you know, you go, most people, the interaction that we have with Shell is if you're a motorist, um, you know, you're filling up at Shell, um, you know, anyone else knows, uh, you know, literally the, the yellow and red logo. Uh, but uh, just from a clarity point of view because you know that's what we're normally used to seeing um when we think about shell you know in a country like south africa what are we what's actually under your purview what are you looking after so thank you for that question i mean and and you are right that most people interact with us from our retail sides and they think of us from a full point of view but we see ourselves as an energy company uh, whose purpose is there to provide you know the energy needed today and, and more cleaner energy for the for the future. So in our portfolio, we definitely have the fuels, as you already mentioned, but we also then have lubricants on, on the other side and, and some solutions that go with our lubricants business that support you know, the, the farmers and, and, and the mining side and digital solutions also being introduced into that space. We also then just recently also then have a, a new portfolio company that entered the South African market. It's called Daystar. Uh, it's a solar company that will then be providing behind the meter solar services uh, in the country. We then also have our upstream operations, which at this moment uh, hold some interest in offshore blocks and really looking at exploration. And then when we think about, um, I guess, what the business is looking at, uh, obviously there's the fuel, um, there's the lubricants, uh, you know, that you're talking about, there's a the resale side of the business. When a business such as yours, um, you are you guys have a big operation in South Africa, but uh, you're also part of uh, you know large you know global global company um, that's out there, right? 
when you're listening to Minister Gonongwana talking, obviously you're looking at it from the macro picture, um, you know, around what the economy, what's happening in the economy, but you're also probably looking at it specifically with the lens of, as an operator, these are the things that we're looking at. So maybe you could give us some insight into when you're listening to the speech, what are some of the things uh, that you're looking for, right? Um, yeah, what are some of the things that you're looking for? What are some of the things that you're paying attention to? Well, we definitely have to pay attention to the overall health of the economy because that tells us, you know, where we headed as an economy, uh, what kind of space we'll be operating in. Is it going to be a very tough uh, business space or is it going to be present new opportunities overall? I mean, if you think about the past 15, 16 years, all of us know that we have really experienced very low growth kind of an environment, which makes, you know, really operating very, very tough because then you you tend to have less opportunities for growth, especially in your traditional kind of business like the retail business. And then you also then want to look at, you know, from a country perspective, for instance, the minister spoke to, you know, the fiscal discipline that he spoke to. So you you are looking at that and going, you know, are we stabilizing or are we going to be headed towards a, a debt crisis? And I think the minister did a very good job in terms of really reassuring all of us that, uh, they are going to maintain physical discipline, which is then a very, very good. So you, 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 it's one of the things that you definitely look at. And then you look at what are some of the areas that you interact with on a daily basis that either enable your operations or, or can be challenges for your operations. I'll, I'll talk to maybe three of those. So the one is the other side of energy, which is the electricity, not the full side of things. And obviously with uh, load shedding, uh, you you know that impacts how you operate on a day to day, uh, and, and and either increases your costs uh, or or you 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 find yourself having disruptions in terms of your, uh, your your business. The other side then is the logistics, and this is the part which you know Transnet plays a, a major role. You either uh, are going to be operating in an efficient way, or you find disruptions in your in your operations or increased costs because then if Transnet is not uh, operating efficiently, then you have to find other ways. And the third will be, you know, just generally looking at what does the minister intend to continue to do in the area of crime? Uh, because crime really across the board increases the cost of, of doing business for all of us. You know, one of the most interesting things, uh, you know, just sitting and talking to you, I think on almost all three fronts, um, I can draw parallels um, with uh, uh, with previous conversations that we've had on this platform, or you know that I've had on a personal on a personal level. Um, I remember a couple of years ago, I had the opportunity to be in Dubai, and I was talking to some investors there. Um, these guys were quite plugged into what was going on in South Africa. You could tell they've been studying the market for a while, but even they, you know, sitting you know, halfway across the world, their biggest concern when I was like, okay, cool. So what's keeping you from pulling the trigger on putting some money into the country? Crime was uh, one of the big things that, uh, you you know, that they spoke about to say, you know what, we want to do this, but we're just not sure about just even physical security. Because if we put some money in, we're going to have to probably employ people there or send some of our people down and we just need to at least be sure that people are going to be safe 
So I definitely understand, you, you know, from that point of view, why something like that is important. Uh, but on your first point, uh, very, uh, it's a question that I asked, uh, you know, Tony last year, and I'm just going to ask you because I always find the answer to this, you know, so fascinating, you know, to say as an energy company, right? Uh, how does an energy company struggle with energy provision? You know, when it comes to things like load shedding, because you'd think that you guys can just run your own generators off of your own oil or something like that. Well, I mean, as you, as you know, and I'm sure you're well informed of this. I mean, you think about, you know, your electricity cost from a grid point of view in South Africa would always be much more efficient than generating electricity from a generator and, and using fuel. Even at a national level, anytime we have load shedding and ESCOM has to support you know generation by using diesel you end up spending a lot more than what they normally would uh, in the normal course of doing business so it, you 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 are then switching into a different source than that has a different kind of uh, cost structure that then impacts you know your your, your returns uh, or your efficiencies mm. And when it comes to, um, I guess the other piece of, uh, you know, the other piece of that, uh, that equation, obviously we keep referencing the oil side of things, but, um, you mentioned earlier on that, uh, you are now, you know, participating in things like solar. Um, your, your feelings just around, uh, you know, anything that's come out of the budget in that regard? So, I mean, uh, definitely, uh, solar, would play an important role. I mean, we see that the role that solar is going to play is as important to the South African economy. You know, you see the number of projects that are then going to come online. I mean, the minister spoke about the fact that he believes that the load shedding is going to start to ease in the next year or so, and that should bring the much needed relief. Uh, and so that that is great from that broad point of view. And also from our side, we do see the business opportunity that solar then provides, especially the, the behind the meter side of things and, and really providing that uh, energy as a service to your industrial kind of clients. And we ourselves, even for our own network, you know, we, 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 we have been working on uh, putting solar systems in, in some of our retail sites. Uh, we are sitting around about, you know, 30% of our company owned sites having uh, solar systems. And it is something that we'll continue to look at. And as, as it makes business sense, you know, we'll implement more, more of that. Um, for someone that might not, uh, you know, fully understand some of the terminology, uh, when you say behind the meter, uh, what does that, you know, actually entail? So when you say behind the meter, maybe in layman terms, I would say, you know, when you have a rooftop solar system and it's contained within a site. Uh, so as I put a, a solar system uh, behind one of our terminals, right? And then we use that energy uh, and it's not really from the grid or connected to the grid. You call that a, a behind the meter kind of solution. Whereas something like the IPP program, that that is not a behind the meter because it's really grid based. So it, it basically has to be connected to the grid and can go to many different kinds of customers. Whereas beyond the meter is really the person uh, that you're servicing uh, with, the, with the product. Okay, cool. I think that, uh, you know, that explains. And when you're thinking about the plays, you know, for something like that, 
Um, I, I take it that's more of a business-to-business play as opposed to a consumer play? Yeah, absolutely. It is a business-to-business play that uh, we're looking at. Okay, cool. Uh, it, it, it's always very interesting to see how the evolution has happened in energy provision in South Africa. Um, I was talking to someone earlier on about the fact that, uh, you know, some people estimate that if it wasn't for some of these projects, I think you've just highlighted that. Um, I think you said 30% of your sites, you know, um, you know, have some type of solar, you know, backup and all of that, that if it wasn't for all of those, um, all of those systems being in place across the country, that, you know, chances are ESCOM would be sitting almost at a permanent stage four and above, um, you know, in terms of load shedding, that a lot of um, pressure has already been, you know, taken off the grid because of some of these solar projects that, are, you know, that have come online uh, and the investment that we continue to see in the space. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the 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 kind of investments that either, you know, companies or, individuals have made uh, are actually making a difference to to the grid and you actually want to continue to see more of those kinds of 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 investments but at the same time you know we cannot uh, underplay the role that ESCOM plays in our energy system and we cannot underplay the role that it plays in the economy and so a a working ESCOM or an efficient ESCOM will always be very important for for the energy security of the country and even as you move to to other renewables and then you you have to lessen emissions and other things you also have to think about you know what is something like the role of gas in caring and and providing the base load uh, for for solar systems which we all know when it's cloudy then you start to having you know uh, a trouble with how much you can produce but when the sun is shining really you can produce a lot of energy and the battery and, and the other debate is really on the battery technology, that it is not uh, where it could be or, or where it should be. I mean, hopefully it, it will develop further in, in the coming years. That's what we hope for. But at the moment, it will cost you a whole lot more to to run a, an entire country on on solar system and, and batteries. Yeah. That's very true. And, you know, we hope um, that people will be able to to rein in um, the that load shedding aspect properly um, in the coming years. But almost everything in business, you know, there's a there's a give and take. You know, what might see be seen as a loss on one on one side. Um, obviously the most efficient form of power generation, like you said, to operate your business is through electricity. Uh, but at the same time, because you are an energy business and I'm talking specifically more on the petrochemical side, you know, whether it's uh, fuel, you know, and all of that stuff, people are buying more diesel. They are buying all of this stuff to to drive their generators. So maybe you could talk to us about that tension between having to spend more to keep your own operations alive, but at the same time, we keep hearing that um, businesses and consumers are spending way more on products like diesel now because they're trying to do their own backups at home or at the business? I think, you know, sometimes uh, you always have an interplay between a, a lot of issues, as, as you say. But think about it at a macro level. If you were to look at our 
fuel demand as a country over the years, you'll find that actually it has been stagnant for a while uh, in general terms. So we're not seeing, you know, a huge spike because you have load shading on the other side. What you're seeing is, is a very, uh, very steady kind of, of growth. I, I believe in, in, in 2022, uh, if you look at uh, growth, you, you had a bit of decline in petrol demand in the country. And then you just had a slight increase in diesel demand, but net you you actually are looking at only a 0.8% increase in in the volume that the country really requires. So I wouldn't really say that you know the the, the movement is such that when you have load shedding, you know there are these huge uh, chunks of demand on the other side, because as much as you know you you would spend more money on on diesel generating power it might mean that you optimize on how much you travel on the other side and the other part that i think is also maybe often missed in the conversations is you know the introduction of much more you know less emission kind of fuels and much more efficient kind of fuels like ourselves last year for instance we introduced you know new fuels um and and, and in in what we call fuel safe and then you start getting more efficiencies. Uh, for instance, you can get up to 14 kilometers more uh, per tank than you would have before because we introduce new fuels that are much more efficient and, and are good for your engine. So you have all these different kind of interplays. So I wouldn't say that, you know, overall, uh, you know, we've seen a huge spike because of, of load shading in terms of the demand side. Uh, that aspect of, you know, more efficient fuels, I'm not an expert in the energy space at all, uh, but it's something that I'm very fascinated by, you know, just to see how things are going to develop. I guess it's been the the mission of uh, the industry, you know, for, for, for decades, you know, to say how can we, um, how do we burn, you know, some of these things more efficiently? And if there's already, if there are, you know, fuels and each time you have these, um, iterations and you're able to get more out of engines, for example, like the example that, uh, that you gave just now, um, you know, really keen to see, especially with the, the development of technology, how far all of that goes, especially in a world where across the world we are having so many debates about um you know efficient use of energy i personally think you need to have a mix i don't think there's you know one you know big energy uh that's going to that's going to be the be all and end all once again i'm not an expert uh i'm here to be educated and guided by experts such as yourself well i mean i think the the, the role that technology has played in the especially in the combustion engine it's often, you know, understated or or not really, really appreciated, and and it it has happened from both, you know, the manufacturers of vehicles, and those of, of us who provide the, the fuel. Because if you were to take a 1970 car, and you were to compare it to a car that has just left the floor this this year, uh, what you're gonna get in terms of your fuel efficiency is going to be so far apart. It will almost be like uh, the 1970 car literally had a a hole in the tank as you're driving, uh, whereas the car that you have in 2024 will be a lot more uh, fuel efficient. And then even in terms of the emissions, uh, you know, we over the years you you start having new standards, and then you can you can remove the kind of uh, pollutants that you have in in your fuel. And so that that effort of 
always investing in innovation and improving, you know, either the efficiency or the emission profile of, of, of the fuel, I would say it's, it's really underestimated, but it, it, it plays an, an, an important role. And maybe this is a, a good place for me to pivot to something that, you know, from an industry point of view in South Africa, one of the things that we have been advocating for for a while now is for the government to establish a, a cost recovery mechanism so we can introduce what is called clean fuels to in South Africa. As you know, we we operate at a regulated price. And so as you invest in new technologies or introduce new technologies, you do need to find a way of uh, a recovery mechanism for 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 these new uh, fuels that are cleaner than the, the previous generation. I think the last thing we maybe want to attack, um, you know, through this conversation, we've spoken quite a bit about what's going on in your landscape, you know, from an energy point of view, the sustainability aspect, um, you know, um, going more green, um, what you've just touched on now when it comes to, you know, um, some of the more green fuels is that circling back to the budget speech is that a budget speech is never something that's prepared or done in isolation. It's always done within the context of the microeconomic picture. I think you alluded to that earlier on. And, you know, maybe that's where we can end off to say, you know, how are you feeling about the current macroeconomic environment and how has that environment maybe played on your business? Because a couple of things I can I guess point to um, from the outside looking in is obviously we have interest rates, we have inflation, uh, but in your sector particularly, we had a huge run on the oil price through COVID, for example, uh, but some of that action on the price of oil has tapered down. You know, how have all of these factors, um, you know, uh, affected you guys? Because all of that feeds into how the minister is, you know, um, putting together his budget. Oh well, I mean, we 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 are one sector that is really impacted by whatever else happens in in the world. Honestly, you know. So you spoke about COVID, but if I were to look at South Africa in 2022 and you look at um, the 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 Russia invasion of of Ukraine, uh, for instance, and what happened to the price of oil at that point in time, what that meant for us was. You you end up having you know you you, you know about the slate uh, uh, that we have in the in the in the price uh, in in the country, where essentially uh, as industry we end up sitting with a, a huge slate under recovery, which meant essentially in practical terms it meant that as companies we were sitting subsidizing customers with billions and billions of rents, and I mean. We are grateful to the DMRE that you know by last year, then the slate under recovery really did normalize, but it meant that for a while we were sitting with, with with that. Then the other side that you have to look at it, you have, you have to look at you know the the rand value, you know the depreciation or the appreciation of the rand, because again we we are sitting at at a moment where we are importing a, a lot more of the refined product because of of the. Uh, fact that we have fewer refineries in country today 
And anytime, you know, the rent depreciates, it means all of a sudden we, we would have bought a cargo in, in dollars. Now all of a sudden, you know, it's getting paid in rands and then there's, there's a different. So our, our, our sector is really uh, impacted by most of this volatility that you either see in the international stage and then translate into the local economy. So anything that the ministry does to, you know, either stabilize, you know, the, the, the fiscal space, either stabilize the 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 rent either grows the economy uh, that uh, impact us uh, directly all the time and maybe just looking at it i would say uh we then look at things like interest rate and how those impact the consumers on the other side who are buying new cars or not buying new cars and and all that and it's a different debate if you look at uh, the I would, last year, it was probably the first time post-COVID where you can say the number of new cars bought uh, really normalized from the COVID kind of period. But even then, I mean, the, the, the demand is not uh, as robust as you have hoped. You have hoped that you have seen a, a lot more increase, but the overall economic picture then impacts all of that. All right. So that's where we end off uh, for today's discussion. It has been a really good one. Um, you know, just uh, getting uh, some thoughts uh, from the country chair of Shell, um, you know, around uh, this week's budget speech and some of the factors that, uh, you know, they were looking at. Uh, some of the key ones uh, that he mentioned is obviously, you know, issues uh, to do with crime and also, you know, what is uh, the government doing about, you know, something like, uh, like your load shedding and some of the development developments uh, that are going on uh, in the renewable space because at the end of the day Shell is an energy company also interesting you know get it diving in deep uh, deeper into what some of the factors driving uh, the energy sector right now and uh, the interplay uh, between um, I guess demand and supply factors um, you know to say something can be something can be a cost push on one side uh, but at the same time something can be might be perceived as a as a revenue and i would have thought uh, that there was maybe a spike of some sort when it comes to um, you know let's say fuel but uh, this is why we have the benefit of being educated uh, by the likes of uh, Aluwani just giving us, you know, tempering, you know, some of those uh, outlooks and saying, actually, um, it's actually it hasn't resulted in the way that, um, you know, that you're talking about. So very interesting from that side. Also him giving us some insight into some of the factors that affect uh, their business. He talks about the fact that uh, an energy business such as Shells tends to be um, affected by a number of different factors. He called out the RAND and he spoke about, um, you know, some of the geopolitical, um, you know, aspects um, that have, uh, you know, either pushed up or down the oil price. And then, you know, all that coming together in a place like South Africa and uh, the pressures that consumers and businesses are feeling. Um, now, before I let you go, uh, Aluwani, anything else to add, you know, for today's discussion? Well, thank you very much for for the time, and uh, you know, I think we we, we did cover a, a a lot of other issues. Hopefully, you know, uh, next time we'll cover others. But other than that, I really want to say, you know, the minister did do a very good job of balancing uh, the budget and sharing the love across the board. Uh, but obviously, because it's a tough kind of environment, uh, there are always going to be aspects where all of us go. But Minister, you could have touched on this. You could have done this a little <laughs> bit more here, here and there. Yeah. Uh, but I think overall, 
it, it was a very good budget and uh, he did of course acknowledge that the pie is what determines what he can or cannot be able to do thank you Thank you so much. So that was us. We were talking uh, to uh, Alawane Museisi, who is uh, the country chair for Shell South Africa. Alawane, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. And that's been it for this edition of the Business Day Spotlight. Remember that you can find our latest podcast on Business Live. That's under the podcast Business Day Spotlight tab on Twitter. We're hashtag BD Spotlight. And remember that you can review and subscribe for free on iono.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you choose to get your pods casted. I've been Mudio Gavaza of the Business Day and Financial Mail. And this has been another edition of the Business Day Spotlight, which is a multimedia live production. So from my Myself and the rest of the team. It is a good evening, good afternoon, and good morning.